I just wanted to be one thing, tall. That's all I wanted to be. Now, you can't tell this right now, but I'm actually quite a short person. I don't know if there's anyone watching that short. If you're short, just lift your head. Can't see you're too short. There's not too many advantages to being short. You're the last to get rained on. You can hide in Tupperware, play in hide and seek. And you can ride on cats. Other than that, there's not many advantages to being short. And all I wanted to be was tall. I was a big basketball fan. I wanted to be six foot six like Michael Jordan and uh, never quite got there. So I began to just pray this prayer, God, at least six foot. And again, growing up, I never made six foot. So I just told myself I was just under six foot. So when someone would ask, how tall are you? I'm just under six foot. Because I said this so often, eventually I convinced myself I was five foot 11. Now I went to a doctor around the age of 30 or so. I'm 39 right now. And I went to the doctor at 30 and did, just did some general checkups and said, all right, how tall are you? And I said, I'm five foot 11. And he, he laughed. And I was quite offended by this laugh. And he said, I said, what's funny, doctor? And he said, well, you're not five foot 11. I said, well, I think I know how tall I am. And he said, well, you're not five foot 11. You're less than that. And I said, well, you're a general practitioner. You're not an optometrist. Maybe I'm five foot 11. And he said, well, do you want to come to the chart? Let's measure you. I said, let's go. It's going to be embarrassing for you. So he went to the wall and stood there and he said, you're five foot seven. I said, I'm not five foot seven. I'm five foot 11. And he's like, no, the measuring tape says you're five foot seven. And I stood as tall as I possibly could and said, are you sure the measuring tape's right? And he's, Josh, it's a measuring tape. I went in one way thinking I was five foot 11 and walked out, I was five foot seven. Devastated all the way to this age right now. Still haven't recovered. Seeing counseling, never gone to a doctor since. I think that visit to the doctor is like 2020. We go in with hope thinking we're going to be this tall. It's going to be this good. This year's going to go this way. And we're walking out feeling a little bit different. But let me tell you, just because 2020 hasn't gone to plan, just because things haven't happened in this past season, let's get past COVID for a moment. Just life doesn't go the way we think it's going to go. Doesn't mean that God hasn't got it. What we've just got to do is keep on believing, keep on stepping. God's got this. Dig another well. I want to read you a passage from Genesis about a man called Jacob and Jacob dug a well. Now, this takes place in Genesis 26 verse 1, where there was a famine in the land. The Bible tells us this, and everyone went back to Egypt. But God speaks to Jacob and he says this, Stay in the land a while and I'll be with you and I'll bless you. I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I'll give them all these lands and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed. So God says, stay where you are, Jacob. Don't run, don't hide, don't leave. Sorry, Jacob, it's Isaac, got to get it right. It said to Isaac, stay where you are and I'm going to bless you. So it goes on in verse 12 to 13. It says, Isaac planted crops in that land in the same year and reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became, became very wealthy. Isaac had unusual favor. There was a famine in the land, yet he still had incredible blessing. I want to tell you, no matter what's going on in the world around you, you are incredibly blessed and you are highly favored. You are a child of God and the promises of God just do not change. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, you need to know God's got this and His blessing and favor are on your life and they are undeniable. That's why David wrote in Psalm 23 verse 6, Surely, good. 
goodness and mercy. He had to talk to himself, convince himself. Maybe you've got to convince yourself today. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You don't have to chase down an opportunity. You don't have to hunt after a new situation. Goodness and mercy are pursuing you. We might be in a winter season. I know Adelaide's pretty cold. No doubt Canberra's pretty cold and the trees seem a little bit barren, but it doesn't mean the trees are dead. There's new life. There's new fruit that's just around the corner. Heaven doesn't have a winter season. There is blessing and favor over your life and that breakthrough is on the way. So Isaac obediently sows seed in the days of famine. Now, while many went back to Egypt, God told Isaac to stay. And that's a word for someone today, to remain. Don't run, don't leave, don't quit, stay and keep sowing seed because there's going to be a harvest. The conditions weren't right for sowing. No farmer would have suggested to put seed in dry ground, but we serve a supernatural God that's above and beyond our natural circumstances. So Isaac obeys God. And if he listened to his emotions and if he listened to his intellect, he would have never received what God had already plan for him. And because he does what God shows him, there's a hundredfold harvest. And even though he sowed in this dry season, he gets a hundredfold harvest because God always rewards obedience and faithfulness. Sometimes God's just going to call you to do things out of your comfort zone. And I believe that's what he's calling the church to do right now in this season. Hold on. Don't leave. Keep sowing. Keep believing. Keep praying. Keep giving. Keep turning up because there's a breakthrough coming. But it's never as easy as it seems. So we get to Genesis 26 verse 14 and it says this. He, Isaac, acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants, that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines came and they filled all Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father, Abraham. See, the enemy becomes jealous of his situation and comes and throws dirt inside his wells. I want to tell you that the enemy can never stop your favor, but he tries to block your flow. Sometimes when we feel we're not hearing from God or receiving from God, we feel like we're out of the favor of God. But I'll tell you, the enemy can never stop the favor of God on your life. So he tries to restrict the flow. And this is what the enemy does. He comes and puts sand and, and dirt in the wells, but he could never stop the favor. He just just tried to restrict the flow. A couple of years ago, my wife and I went Christmas shopping and we one day went and bought all of the presents, spent all of the money and we nailed it. And my wife came and put the shopping at the end of the day, tired, exhausted, just on the back of the handle of the front door. However, it was a Tuesday and on Tuesday night, I go take the rubbish out. Now, often Sean's knowing I'll take the rubbish out, puts the rubbish on the back of the front door. So doing what I faithfully do every single Tuesday, I went to the front door, grabbed the bag of rubbish, which maybe were all of the Christmas presents we just bought, and I put them in the bin. And the next morning, the bin comes and the bin people do what the bin people do. They took the rubbish. Sean's later that night said, Josh, have you seen the Christmas presents? I said, no, I haven't seen the Christmas presents. What did you do with them? And she said, I put them on the back of the front door in which something on the inside of me died. And I cried to the Lord, give me a hole that I can jump in. But he didn't come through. I said, Sean's the back of the door where you normally put the rubbish? He said, exactly. I said, I may have thrown them in the bin. Now I rang up the recycling place. That rubbish was gone. There was nothing we could do. Now, let me ask you this today. Whose fault was this? Was it my fault for doing what I do every week or was it my wife's fault for putting it on the back of the front door? I don't know. She's not here to defend herself. So we're going to say her. But either way, let me tell you, it was my responsibility that next Saturday. She did not come. I had to go and buy all of the presents again. 
Sometimes something doesn't go to plan and you have no choice but to go and redo what you did before. See, the Philistines come and they throw dirt inside the well where the water once was. So you know what Isaac does? Isaac digs another well. Genesis 26, 19 said, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. You see, the enemy tries to take you off track sometimes. And he thinks if he, can, if he can't move you, he'll dry you up. But let me tell you, Isaac knew that the source was not the well. It was the reservoir under the ground. There was no limitation of flow. There was no limitation of water. There was just something in the way. There was no water restriction. It was just another dig away. Just because maybe you felt a dry season or a difficult season or the enemy try, has tried to restrict your flow, don't limit yourself. Don't cancel Christmas. Don't cancel the next year, rest of this year. Don't change what God has put on your life, but instead realize that while He may restrict your flow, He can't take away the reservoir. He can't stop what God's given you. There's a living water available for you. Just go dig another well. God's got this. There was no water restriction. It was just another dig away. See, sometimes we get stuck in disappointment and frustration and complacency and hurt and complaining. And I mean, these things are real. We experience a year like this, but this was never a limitation on God. It was just something getting in the way. It was just a pause and a waiting season. Dig another well. In the midst of adversity, keep digging deeper into the things of God because it's there you're going to find fresh water. So Isaac moves on. But while he's there, Genesis 26 verse 20 says this, Then the shepherds of Gerera, Gerera came and claimed the spring. This is our water, they said. And they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named that well Esek, which means argument. So you know what he does? He moves on and he digs another well. Do you know what Isaac doesn't do? He doesn't fight them. Why does he do that? There's no need to fight them. They never called him. They never anointed him. They never put blessing on his life. You know what he does? He calls it for what it is. He calls the well argument and he moves on. I mean, sometimes we're really good at Christ, as Christians at over-spiritualizing things. You know what? Sometimes you just got to say, I messed up. Sometimes you just got to say it was 2020. Sometimes you just got to go, this season was difficult. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what? They hurt me. Call it for what it is. It was pain. It was hurtful. It was regretful. It was shameful, but it's not where I'm staying. Don't dwell there. Move on. Dig another well. Call it for what it is. It was an argument. It was a season. Move on. Dig another well. See, people disagree. And sometimes you want to fight. Don't fight them. Call it for what it is. Dig another well. Don't focus on the enemy. Stop fighting the enemy. Dig another well. Lost a job. Don't fight your boss. Dig another well. Fights at home. Don't move on from there. Stay there, but dig another well there. It's not about this patch. It's about the source of living water that will supply the blessing and favor in my life. Church, life you see. Dig another well. God's got it. There's favor and blessing on your life. So then we go to Isaac 26 verse 21. And it goes on and says, Isaac's men then dug another well. But again, there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. Again, he's like, how long can 2020 go on for? How many incidents or moments can there be? And hostility is not just an argument. Hostility is against you. It's more than disagreement. This time they come with weapons. But Isaac knows the water matters more than the well. Sometimes you're right. 
sometimes in seasons, you, you, you're right about your situation or that you're right that you've been wronged. You're right you should be further ahead. Do you know what? It's not about being right. There's situations right now that I'm facing where I'm disagreeing with people in my head. I just got to let it go and dig another well. Isaac didn't even enter into another fight. He's like, see you later. Peace out. I'm out of here. Devil attack me. I'll dig another well. Someone doesn't like me. I'll dig another well. Feel a little bit dry. I'm not giving in. I'm going to pray. I'm going to worship. I'm going to get into the word. I'm going to keep turning up. I'm going to dig another well. Isaac moved on and sometimes we need to too. It's time to forgive. It's time to let go. It's time to stop. It's time to believe. It's time to move on and dig again. And here we go in verse 22, abandoning that one. Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named that place Rehoboth, which means open space. So he said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in the land. You know what? God has got to meet your need. And sometimes the seed has to die for there to be new life. I mean, Jesus himself had to go into the earth to then rise again three days later. And those three days feels like an eternity. And maybe 2020 feels like an eternity. But maybe God's just moving us on from our comfort zone. Maybe God is resetting and reawakening the church for a new day. And it's a pause and it's a waiting, but it's not a sitting and a leaving. It's just time as the church to dig again. Because breakthrough and blessing is not where you're standing right now. Breakthrough and blessing is found in Jesus, our source, our living water. Dig a well, go and pray, go stand in worship and adore him. Begin to declare, begin to remind yourself and remind him of your his promises. Begin to tell yourself that I'm highly favored in drought and in good season, in difficulty and in favor. I am a child of God and I am blessed and step, step in faith. I love what he calls this well, open space. That's what you're facing. Open space. The best days are ahead. It's coming in Jesus' name. So let me finish with this last part of the scripture. It's really cool. Verse 26 to 30 says this. One day, Kim, King, I can't even say it, Ablimlech came. Why have you come here? Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. And they replied, we can plainly see, this is the king that harmed Isaac, says, we can plainly see that the Lord is with you. So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Swear that you will not harm us just as we have never troubled you. One second. These are certainly the people that troubled him. They go on. We have always treated you well. Are you kidding? And we sent you away from us in peace. This did not happen. Now look how the Lord has blessed you. Church, sometimes the people that harm you don't even know that they harm you. And the seasons that were difficult were just seasons. And the people that left you don't even know what you're feeling. Don't dwell on it. Don't stay there. Isaac doesn't. You know what Isaac does? For the king that did harm him, and the king that did limit him, and the king that did hurt him, says Isaac prepared a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty, and they ate and drank together. Early the next morning, they took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home again, and they left him in peace. Do you know that eventually the enemy stops fighting when he realizes you refuse to fight because you are already favored. And it's there that peace follows. Eventually the enemy realizes he can't beat you when you realize you've already won. When you live in victory, when you know that you're more than a conqueror, when you know that you're an unstoppable warrior, that nothing can separate you from the love of God, when you're highly favored, the head and the tail above and not beneath, when you live in that awareness and therefore you can rest in his presence, peace follows. See, Isaac doesn't have to prove a point to his enemy because his enemy never controlled his destiny. God controlled his destiny. 
And because he did this, it goes on, final verse, verse 32. That very day, come on, say it with me. That very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well that they had dug. We've found water, they exclaimed. There was another source, but this time not found by Isaac, but found by his people. He dug a well and all of a sudden when he found peace, there was not just one well, but there was multiple wells that were there to bless his family, found by his family, to secure the future of his family. God's got you. God's got your family. And sometimes it's in moments like this of frustration and waiting and, and, and dryness that we have to choose that I look to my source, not to my circumstances. I look to the one who promised me things, the one that blessed me and favored me, not those that are against me. Greater is he that is for me than he that is against me. There are more for you than there are those against you. God is on your side. So find your flow. As Pastor Linda and Sean have preached over the last few weeks, God's got this. He really does. Dig another well. Find your flow. It might be in a different way, in a different season, but there's no limitation to the water under the ground. There's no limitation of blessing, favor, and supply in your life. Don't stop digging. He's waiting for you today and tomorrow. Jesus, our living water, our source of life. Can I pray for you? Father, for every person that stands here frustrated, every person that sits today waiting for their breakthrough, every person that's believing for an answer to prayer, Father, I thank you that you have favored them. And in and out of season, you do not change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and your promises remain. So in Jesus' name, I pray they would hold on to you and they would keep on digging, keep on believing, keep on declaring, keep on praying, keep on prophesying, keep on worshiping, keep on reading, keep on giving, keep on serving, keep on going. That they would dig again and they would, in your perfect timing, see open space and abundance of harvest and blessing on their life. In Jesus' name. For everyone that's watching today, if you don't know Jesus, He loves you. He's why we can have hope. He's our living water. He's our source of life. The reason we can stand here in the middle of all these circumstances and have hope is we have a God that came from heaven to live as one of us, experienced every difficulty and frustration we did, gave His life on a cross so that we would never have to fear death, the ultimate thing that could hurt us, but didn't stay there three days later, rose again. So you and I, if death is conquered, what could stop us? Dig another well. Keep on living. Keep on believing. Keep on having hope. To have this hope, to have this salvation, to have this life, the only way to have it is through Jesus Christ, our source of living water, our life. It's found simply through believing in your heart and speaking with your mouth that He's Lord today. 